0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Murderer. Murderer.
1: Still let me like that. No, no, we don't die. Yes, we multiply.
2: That lady sang. All right, phone lines are packed.
1: I know what both don't know.
2: I have a a stunning upset to make the world aware of. Remember last week I was a moron and left my gym bag in the loaner car from Ordsman, Fairfax Toyota. Did you get it yet? Guess who claims to have picked it up? Who? Ryan the Stallion. So in other words, you didn't
1: do anything else once you
2: didn't get it that day. I said I'd get it next week. Stallion texted me today. Okay. And said, hey, I can pick it up. I said, cool, my man. All right. Stallion then told me, you are him money. He said he wants me to buy him a car.
1: Uh, so, in other words, tell him leave the bag there. I'll get it for you
2: tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I told him I will give him 20 American dollars, and that's that, and that's the end of the list.
1: Tell him leave the car, the bag. I'll, 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 I'll pick it up and bring it to you. R-
2: Chris Russell, Russo. the rooster. I don't know what the hell he's gesticulating. The only reason. Rooster's hanging out right now. They got food in he there. He sees all you of see the all potato chips. chips. You, and, see the, you see the Pringles and the Doritos. And he heard Jeff Walker talking about this food drop we may or may not be getting. Oh, that's why he's here. He, he lit up it. <laughs> now, landfill, we've already played the Shady McCoy drop. Uh-oh, we're getting rooster action. Hello, Chris. We're getting the reaction. Hello,
0: boys. Um, the reaction. I, I didn't mean to the interrupt. I, am, I had no uh, knowledge the of the food. I Raction. was just coming by either. because I'd been gone for a week. So I was just coming by to say hello. The last time I saw landfill, he called me a very bad word that we're not allowed to say on the air. Was it worse? Uh-huh. You've been iraction. gone for a whole week? You got a vacation? Do we have no, vacation
2: think, at the thing? No, no, no. I think family stuff. Okay. Try to be polite.
0: Just <laughs> checking. That was, the only re- that was the only reason why I came in, to see if he was in a better mood and if he was still being a jerk like he was last yeah, week. I remember last, last time he, he,
2: he basically just went off on you. Well, let's do this. We need to get HR for him for that. Phone lines are lit up. Let's ask <laughs> the rooster. How fired up are you for the enemy hire for the commanders?
0: I think it's a great hire. I think it's the only hire that Ron was going to make that was going to make the fan base happy. And I think if Eric Biennemi knows – Nine tenths of what Andy Reid knows, I'm all in. The only question is, is is it a year long process? And he's gone after some success, you know, off to be a head coach somewhere. Seventy
2: percent of what Andy Reid knows, (laughs) I think it's a great hire.
0: I mean, listen, I think it's a it's first of all it's a PR slam dunk. Second, it's. The best guy out of the entire group of guys that they interviewed, even Greg Roman. I, I would have was intrigued by your guy, Thomas Brown, uh, once I learned a lot more about him. Uh, I was intrigued by them. But, I mean, this I really thought this organization was going to settle on Shermer or Ken Zambezi. No offense to those guys. That would have been such an uninspiring hire. This team needed a slam dunk, and they hit a Mac McClung.
2: Yeah, yeah, they got one. Man, I, man and, McClone, and I'll add this on Thomas McClone Brown. Got long, dog. I think Thomas Brown's going to be a great head coach in the league someday. I don't know that this would have been the right spot because they needed somebody that could step in and not have to learn, but be able to step in and not even not even step in and run with it, sprint with it. I, they need help immediately. The fact that he's
1: a semi-hard ass, I like that. Because I believe this offense needs some of that. You know, we can talk about all this stuff all we want. Listen, I don't care what people say about safety and this. And that Football is still a hard sport. And you got to be pushed to a level to make yourself successful.
2: uncomfortability. Too man.
1: many times I, I see this. Everybody go through everything like it's just easy. You know, it, it shouldn't be easy. And, yes, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, somebody should tell you about yourself. And if you can't handle it, go somewhere else. Because, obviously, some people just butt hurt like hell, LaSharon McCoy.
0: God. Now I, I'm with you, I'm with you, B. And if anybody thinks like Terry McLaurin's gonna roll up and in into a ball and and die because he gets you know uh, criticized by Eric Bieniemy for not running a route right, that ain't gonna happen. Terry and Sam goes, Howell probably won't happen too. To Brian if Robinson they, they, they played tell, for Nick Saban. Hell yeah! If they tell Terry <laughs> something,
1: Terry gonna take it personal, go work at it, and come back better. You know, and I think that's what most guys should do. Cause listen, bro, those coaches that don't don't tell you
2: something. They don't give a damn about you. They say, okay, you don't care, go ahead. And, then, and when you mess up, they just let you go. Landfill, let's hear from Mike Wilbon. We've already played the Shady McCoy. We've played the Emmanuel Acho. Here's Wilbon talking about the enemy to the commanders.
1: What do you think of this potential move by the enemy? I
3: hate it because um, it's forced on him. Something is forced on him that should not be forced on him. He should be a head coach by now. I mean, his people will come in and they're a coordinator for a year and they look bad in the last game and they play like the Super Bowl and they go right to a head coaching spot. And be enemies somehow, we're told, well, he didn't interview well. Well, he only interviewed with like one team this year. I know there have been other teams in the past. But, Tony, I hate this because he's going from one of the most smoothly functioning franchises in all of sports, certainly in the NFL, to a place that's been dysfunctional and toxic. And I don't mean at the coaching staff level. I don't mean that. This is not about Ron Rivera. It's about Dan Snyder and the atmosphere and the culture of that place. And you and I know it well. And he's going to that. And you can't say, well, wait a minute. The front office has nothing to do with the coaching; It has everything to do. The franchise has been a, a mess for a couple of decades with, like, brief exception periods. And the is now going from Andy Reid and the culture of that, the Hunt family, to this mess. This is, this is garbage. And, you know, everybody will try to figure out a way to to, to explain it away. I hate it, and I'm not going to try to explain it away.
2: I, now, There's stuff to agree with there.
1: It's a lot to agree with because I believe Mike is more pissed off that, like I was saying earlier. Yeah. I'm disappointed that he has to go this route. Right. At this point of his career. When I've watched over the last three to four years, coaches get hired. They were just like uh, Travis Kelsey said last year. A year ago today, basically, I'm, I'm I say today, maybe a few days, he said, I'm sick and tired of watching the ticker where all these names I've never heard of getting head coaching jobs and Eric B is not. Hell, same thing this year. We are seeing people come out of obscurity, and boom, now they're a head coach. And everybody go, oh, man, yeah. He. We didn't know those people before they got the head coaching job. We didn't know who the hell they were. At those teams that they were at. And a lot of the teams weren't very good. Now, this man who's been on three Super Bowl teams in the last five years, he has to do all kind of traveling. Like, he's a damn, he seems to be who moved my cheese. Was Sniff and Scurry, him and her, in a damn maze trying to find his way.
2: Well said. All right. I told people to call. They've called. We're going to let them talk. talk. What are your expectations for Eric Bieniemy as offense coordinator of the Washington Commanders? Let's start. My guy Ed is in Hartford. Ed, what do you expect from Bieniemy?
4: Hey, what's going on, guys? What's I'm going to say Brad? what I expect from Eric Bieniemy real quick, and then I'm going to lay into Sean McCoy myself for a few seconds. First and foremost, I love the hire. I think what they're going to have to do is we all agree the offensive line needs to be fixed in about two or three spots. If that's, if that's you know, looking pretty shabby, And I think, you know, you put that type of offensive line in front of uh, Sam Howell and he can grow, then that's promising. I think they got to at least find another tight end. Can't depend on Logan Thomas, you know, right now until he comes back to his, you know, what he was, you know, a couple years ago. And I think, you know, we don't need – look, we don't need really another running back. I mean, we got Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. I think we're pretty solidified there, but I'm not going to be mad if they go and find a third one. You can't have too many running backs. Now, as far as Lashawn McCoy – Here's what makes me upset. Sean McCoy has something so personal about Eric Bannemi that he hopes he succeeds, but at the same time, he's trying to put somebody down, which is hoping that he fails. (laughs) How can you do that at the same time? Like, that doesn't make any sense. You know one thing my dad once told me? And I work in media, so let me be quite honest with you. I'm a producer five days a week, okay? He told my dad, said the only way you go and grow, son, is if you're confident, but not cocky at the same time. Mm. LeSean McCoy has the perfect name. He is shady, and he is upset at something whatever Eric B'Animi said to him. People have said plenty of things to me before. It has only made me better and stronger because it made me even want it more. And I hope that's how Eric B'Animi takes this job. Because I know he's hearing what LaShawn McCoy is saying, but LaShawn McCoy is acting like a five-year-old right now. He's not acting like a 30-year-old man. There's a reason why LeSean McCoy was benched and didn't take a snap in one of those Super Bowls. Come on now, you was benched for a reason, cause you got a problem with this man. And everybody else played.
2: Well said. Ed. Everybody else played. Thank, Thank you. B- Thanks, buddy. That's a good call right there. Um, I got I got another guy named Ed. Ed is in Springdale. I don't even know where Springdale is. Ed, what are your expectations? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, buddy? Yeah, yeah,
5: we're right near there, boy. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. Um, I think the players will execute much better under enemy because he fills a role that hasn't been filled in 20 years, which is holding people accountable. The people who have done that over the last 20 years aren't on the team. They're you guys. It's, you know, uh, 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 B. Mitch, J.P., Doc Walker. You guys have had to hold the team accountable, but you can only do so much You're you're not, like, right there. And and that, that makes no sense And the, the, uh, that you had to do that. And then the other aspect of this, when it comes to what uh, Shay McCoy said, he's talking about the fact that this, uh, this, this uh, OCB enemy is treating everyone the same. Why would you not do that? I've been managing for 30 years, maybe over 1,000 different people, and the worst thing that you can do is come to work, and treat and fire some people for one thing, uh, and have someone else do it, and not fire them, or or treat, or, or not put them on a warning, or something like that. That's what's wrong with the culture of the commanders. It's gotten a lot better now. We've got some players with great character, and Clorin and Dotson and Allen uh, and Robinson. We have that, but we've got some other folks at, uh, who who don't. And the thing is, unless we get that right personality in to hold people accountable, we'll be right back where we were. And this is the
2: guy to do it. All right. Thanks for the call, Appreciate bud. Appreciate that. Appreciate man. it. Good call. Um I think like he does. I have zero problem with Enemy being a hard ass. Mm-hmm. I, I think I support it, frankly. Uh our guy James is in Maryland. James, what are your expectations for Eric Enemy, dude? I think it's a great position.
4: If you look the way we've been drafting for a couple of years, we have the top receivers. He has two number ones on each end. He didn't have that in Kansas City. We have an awesome running back core. He didn't have the running backs like we have in Kansas City. If you look at our tight end, everybody had problems with the offensive line. But the way we are drafting, and he's coming into to something like this, I'm looking at we was just a quarterback away from competing in the NFC East. So, I mean, when you look at it, I think we're in a in 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 a perfect position to have him.
2: All right, man. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Appreciate you, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Even, like think about it, though, last year, offensive line wasn't good. We played ring around the Rosie with the damn uh, the, the the quarterbacks. We made a bad mistake by. Starting on wins late in the season, and they were still right there. It doesn't take a lot for them to move, but this is the question I would ask you. We say, "What's your expectations?" But shouldn't we keep the expectations what we want them to be instead of settling? Like we said last year, go to the playoff and win a game. I think that's my same expectations, right? Because I think. I believe we've gotten to a point in this town, even fans, to where we don't expect a lot from them. We see things going on and we, we've we lowered our expectations and we don't get pissed at anything. We're just happy for the most part. And I think that is a problem. We should be just like Eric, expect more out of the people that we see on the, in the, the people. Oh, man, as long as they're wearing & Go, I'm cool. No, long as they're wearing Burger and & Go and producing. I'm cool.
2: What do you make of this? I get this tweet from Mark Andrews. says, JP, there are plenty of foremen that are good at their jobs, but they're not superintendent material. It's a different job, and it requires a different set of skills. I don't get the – I don't think that's particularly relevant to the conversation because, let's be real, we're asking – the enemy's being asked to do the same job here that he had in Kansas City. Yeah. But I, I, and I, my, my thing we don't him, know what's going to happen, but...
1: I would say to Mark, how do you know if they can do their job before exactly. they do it? Right. I mean, this is the problem. Like, we all want to hold certain people to a criteria that we don't hold everybody else to. Ron rolled in this town and was allowed to do jobs he wasn't doing before in Kansas, in, uh, in Charlotte. Yeah. Scott Turner rolled in here and was doing a job. Nobody questioned it. Now, Eric, we want him to be perfect at everything before he step in. Hell, Andy Reid makes mistakes. Sean McVay makes mistakes. So allow the man to grow. Because if I was the person, with, if I'm not calling it 100%, then all of a sudden I'm calling it 100%, I may miss a few things. But as I keep doing it, I'm going to get better at it. So just understand that. Yeah, that foreman that you say is not superintendent material, he may not be until you let him do the job, and then he learns it and start doing it for you.
2: The field goals the, the 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 goal posts never seem to stop moving for the enemy yeah ever
1: A uh, uh, guy told you hit me a few weeks ago and he said he comes here and have success then they're gonna say show us again' it, it never seems to
2: stop so but we'll see it never seems to it never seems to stop let's uh I do want to get landfill on all this. I don't think we've talked to the chief BS officer, but people have been on hold a while. I want to let him talk. Let's go to my guy Charlie's in College Park. Charlie, Charlie what up, man? What are your expectations for enemy?
4: My expectations are high. I think it's a great hire. Comes um, from a good program. He's got experience. He's got a lot to work with. I like the hire. Let's get to the to the. To the uh, The absolute ultimate stuff. Let's get to the important stuff. JP, do you want to work in this market? Do you want to continue at the fan?
2: Yep. Just signed
4: a new contract. (laughs) Well, good. Because if you don't listen to B-Mitch about that nutsack talk... (laughs) The FCC, the FCC called me before I called you and said, Would you please call JP it's and tell him to watch of, it? Because it's a giant bag of working, pistachios,
2: and landfill said it first. Be,
4: he, yeah, but you didn't say that. He's going to be working in
6: the Paducah market if he keeps that stuff up. So please say a sack of nuts or pistachios. You got a dirty mind. I love it. Goodbye. <laughs> he said, I love it.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate you, buddy.
1: Charlie, love um, your dirty mind. Is everybody ready? Yep, let's go.
2: Is everybody sh- I'm asking you a real question. Is everybody ready? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, Rev T, Reverend, what are your expectations for Eric Bieniemy? A oh, mine is a terrible thing
6: to waste. I stole that from the uni. Uh, was that Unicef, I think. Remember the new <laughs> Unicef things? You, they give you at school. Yeah, the little coins. You had coin. to collect the money for Unicef. Yes. And then they say, no, that no, that was the Black College Fund. In, in anyway, a uh, mine is a terrible thing to waste. Right. And Eric B. Enemy, his mind been wasted all them years of uh, sitting there as an assistant head coach. And people, they disturbed because he didn't get an head coaching position. But let me enlighten y'all of something. Let us drink wine and break bread together on this. That Bama, Eric B. Enemy, right? And I ain't saying Bama in the bad way. I'm just saying Bama in general. JP, you know you a Bama too. But, but anyway, though.
2: Appreciate that, Rev.
6: That Bama, that Bama didn't, I love you, JP. That Bama didn't sign that contract not knowing that if uh, Riverboat Ron and them got to get off the Anacostia, uh, SS Erg B. Enemy got a place to stay as a head coach. Rest assured, Erg B. Enemy already know who the, new, who the new owners is. That Bama already did sat down at the meeting table with them and got the X's and O's in place. They wasn't making no X's and O's about his money. They was making X's and O's about when and when and how he was going to take over as the next head coach. And them Bama's that bizarre on Twitter, on ESPN. First of all, you don't trust a Bama named Shady. Any Bama named Shady, you better watch out. That's just like I said, you got a cousin named Shady McCoy. Shady, the Bama Shady. And then that dude who looked like, oh, uh, he trying to play a role in the next Wakanda movie. Whatever that boy name be. <laughs> they need to shut the hell up. They they just They just talking... To be walking, to be talking, and I'm going to stop talking. But y'all know what it is, And I miss y'all Bama's at the Defenders game, too. And and, and people say, well, Rev, where was you at? I was there. I was just incognito. But next time I be there on March 5th, oh, hell. Shields up. Shields up. Chills up. Y'all know who this <laughs> is. The People hype, man, say it with me, JP, and I love you too, brother. Rev T. T. Believe, baby. March with Rick. JP, you need to do a Ricolo commercial. I love y'all, baby. March with me.
2: I'll
6: love somebody. <laughs> a what commercial?
2: I think Ricola, Ricola the <laughs> cough drop. <laughs> um, Rev That's has, Ricolo. Rev has a very good point. Now, it's widely held that you never trust someone named after a city. Like, if you meet somebody named Amarillo Joe or something, get the hell out of the room. Uh Uh-huh. Should we really be putting stock in what someone named Shady says? Well, I'm not putting stock in it because basically he showed me that he got mad because
1: Eric said something to him that he couldn't get over.
2: Garnet Hathaway joins us at 1245. Keep the phone lines going. I also want to talk to Ron Payne. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitchell Finley.
1: Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. FanDuel Sportsbook is here to help you make every moment more for all your favorite sports and all your favorite teams. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up by going to fanduel.com slash Brian. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. If I had those $1,000 right now, the NBA is going into the second half of the season when they start to really play. The favorites will be winning a lot of games. I'll be putting money on the favorites. I also love FanDuel because they have great promotions every day. It's safe and secure app, and they get and when you win, you get paid fast. There's no better place to bet every major sport than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So go to FanDuel.com/slash Brian, download the FanDuel sportsbook app, and get started with a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 106.7 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old or president of Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund is a non bedrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sport, at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call
2: 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Some news. As much as he denied it earlier, Chris Russell's currently eating pizza. And wings. And maybe even an Oreo thing like we all predicted. But the good news here, Papa John's came and dropped us off some pizza. You should try Papa John's new crispy parm pizza featuring crispy Parmesan and Romano cheeses baked right onto the bottom of the crust. I tried it. It was good. Tastes a little different. It was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can flip pizza night on its head with extra flavor and extra cheese in every delicious crispy bite. You can order on the app or online at papajohns.com. Now, landfill... What was the Oreo thing we ate? Because that deserves some discussion. Uh, I'm not entirely certain. It's like an Oreo-type bite situation going on here. It's fantastic. That Did you try one of those, B? Nah. It's like imagine a Oreo chopped up into little bits and it's then like covered little... in, like, dough and then served with, like, icing. Yeah. I saw y'all eating it. Landville and I had a uh, fairly romantic Oreo situation. It was quite good.
1: I think stop right there. (laughs) None of the words that was discussed need to be slipped out on his air.
2: So, I think they're called Oreo Papa Bites, and they're good. Yeah. So keep that in mind next time you're ordering Papa John's, you get dessert. The Oreo dessert, you get Papa John's has dessert. Crispy Parmesan pizza, and we also and the Oreo Papa Bites. On a scale of one to ten, Brian. How concerned are you with Chris Russell's behavior, particularly his fetish for filming people eating pizza?
1: Mm, I'm just not going to watch a lot of his films.
2: I've, I've heard about some weird stuff. I know there are people that like feet. I know there are people that like weird right. stuff. But I don't think I want to watch people eating. No. Russell's Russell's watching filming people eating pizza fetish is kind of bizarre. Just, you know, hey. And then Jeff. Watching Russell film somebody
1: eat is it's kind of bizarre too
2: also weird I, we work with a lot of weird people yes that um, is. hey
1: hey I, I was not watching. I caught him in the act and was well, he was able at to film YouTube if you. he filmed
2: you you were you were watching landfill did he film you eating pizza at all? no, but he did film the aftermath of what you did to my shirt. <sighs> we're gonna leave
1: that at that. <laughs> I don't want any more discussion about that
3: <laughs>
2: I've apologized about carry the shirt. on. Um, Carry on I, something I'm sorry about the shirt. Uh, we got a bunch of calls on enemy. I also want to talk to Ron Payne, but folks have been on hold a while. Our guy Jupe is on the line. Jupe, what's your expectations for Eric enemy bud? Fellas, fellas, what's going on? What's up, brother? Hey, I, I expect,
7: I think he could come here and get, I believe there's a lot of talent that's not been placed, shown on the field. And I feel like he can coach these guys up, for example, like a, Cam Sims and some of these tight ends that we brought in, maybe he can get them playing and balling out. And what that can do later down, later on down the road for us is create trade trade assets. And then on top of that, what I'm also going to be really paying attention to is his relationship between him and Terry McLaurin. So I wholeheartedly feel that that's Terry's team. He runs that locker room. So if everything's going smoothly with, between him, them two, everybody else is going to fall in line. And I'm praying and I'm hoping this man succeeds so that he can shut up all these doubters and naysayers. And I expect a, once he do succeed, I expect a full public ap- apology to this man like that one reporter did for Jalen Hurts at the Super Bowl. That's all I got for y'all.
2: All right, man. Thank you for the call, Juke. I appreciate it, bud. I, uh, that reporter was a stand-up guy. Most people aren't stand-up guys. It's true. Dwayne is in D.C. Dwayne, what are your expectations for Eric Bieniemy?
4: So, look. Hey, hey! I'm gonna tell you straight up. I'm gonna tell you like Doc walked to you. I'm looking for a Super Bowl. So here's the thing. I think the guy can be great. I mean, I really do. I think he's got. I think he's got everything. I grew up in Fort Hunt down in Mount Vernon, man, and and playing little league football. All we want to do is win. It didn't matter how mean you were. If you could get us to the county championship, we were in. I think he's gonna show his stuff. I think we got the players. Got to tighten up the offensive line. You guys went over it and nauseum. Got to tighten up the offensive line. But if we get that done, uh, we we got we we got the we got the horses. We we can make this thing work. I want to put a, I want to put my man Payne on the tag, and, and and run this deep back one more time and see if we can get there. I'm gonna uh, shut it down and hear what you guys
2: got to say. Thank you, buddy. Um, he mentioned Ron Payne playing on the tag. I, I think it's a bad idea. I think So,
1: if you want him on the team, sign him.
2: The the reason the the tag stuff is coming up today, today is the first day the NFL opens up the tag period. Runs from today all the way through. I think you have to decide if you're going to tag somebody by March 13th, and then they have until June-ish to sign it and get a long-term deal done, and then you have to stop negotiating. Here's my problem with tagging De'Ron Payne is you didn't get a deal done. You said, we're going to challenge him. We want to see if he can be the guy. He showed you that. Now the tag is basically weapon is the wrong word, but it's a tool for teams to take advantage of players without giving them a long-term deal. Yep. Now, Taking advantage maybe is too strong because he's going to make 19 mil on the tag, fully guaranteed right away. If you sign a deal, you're going to
1: get about 47.50 or more. Right. And I just think,
2: I think, I think this will have a negative impact on the commander's locker room, frankly. I think you're going to have a really frustrated player that is expecting a long-term deal and is going to get tagged. And...
1: I, you told me to prove myself. I proved myself, and then you don't want to give me a long term deal. Right? That's bro. That's like a lie.
2: We all know the Kirk Cousins situation was a disaster with the tag. Mm-hmm. Tagged him once, tagged him again, then you lose Can't do him with the third time. The Brandon Sheriff thing—you tagged him once. He left immediately <laughs> the following season. Made a Pro Bowl for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Turned was part of a group that turned that team around completely. The tag is a road to nowhere. Maybe you get another year out of the guy. If you're on a tag and you tweak your knee, you push it through that for a playoff berth or something. Mm-mm. No. And then said, just be when, real.
1: When a guy get a tag, they they look. They just trying to get to the next uh, next chance they can. Then they can they can play hard ass with you. You tag them. You want to be hard. Then they come back next time you. want uh, we, we want to try to get you signed. Nah, I'm going to sign that tag if y'all want Come on, I'll sign as soon as you put it out. Because I want you to give me the 30% on top of the third tag. That's when the team
2: go, oh, no, we can't do that. Here's what we're going to do. Quick break because we're welcoming our friend Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals to the program, Pete Haley at one. Also, wait till you hear how much money Daniel Jones wants per year. You know, Danny Dimes, New York Giants. Goodness gracious. Don't go anywhere. Dancing in the street. B Mitchell Finley presented by John Leahy and the Fine Living Group. Let the MVP of DMV real estate sell your home for more. Visit johnsellsdmv.com. Don't forget, you better be following along on social media. You can follow the show at B Mitchell Finley. You can follow Brian yeah. on Instagram at B Mitch30. You can follow me at JP JPFinleyNBCS. Right now, time to get the best. BetQL. Guest line. Talk to our friend Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. Garnet fresh off that Saturday night game down in Raleigh. Remember, Garnet Hathaway is driven by Lindsey Volvo Cars of Alexandria where their goal is your complete satisfaction. Be like Garnet. Score your next Volvo with the assist from Lindsay in the crease of Alexandria and lindsayvolvocars.com. Hath, what's going on, man? How are you, buddy? I'm good, guys. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How you doing? Good. Can't complain. Um, what? When did you guys get back Saturday night? Did you fly out that night? Because I know a bunch of you had family there. That, that's a tricky situation. Yeah, no, we, uh, we team flew
8: back on Sunday, actually. So we got a little more time to see some family after the game and then, you know, try and try and savor the moment. You know, we had a lot of family there who put in a lot of effort um, to travel, to see the game and. It was nice to be able to, you know, spend some time with him after and then, you know, travel back on Sunday.
2: Gotcha. Obviously, I mean, it was really kind of just that second period got away from you guys Saturday night in Raleigh. What did what did Lav say to you guys afterwards? I, I know in his press conference he talked about needing to play faster. Is, is that where you think things kind of went sideways in that game? Yeah, I think I think when you look at the game, I think –
8: they played a structure in a game of how we would have liked to play our game. Um, You know, they, they played very, like when he says fast, it's like, there's not a lot of turnovers. They're, they're quick on the pucks. um, And they're making plays that then they're kind of converging on pucks with numbers um, and putting pressure on guys. And I, and you know, unfortunately they, they did that. They executed that game plan better than we wanted to.
1: How do you get on the other side of that game, Garnet? Do you go and watch the film and make sure you correct everything, or is that one you want to just forget about?
8: No, you you have you have to watch film on that, and I think unfortunately there was a a lot more clips that we you know than than usual that you have to learn from. I think when the the coaches and the video staff cut the cut the game, you know they watch it. I think you know, unfortunately, I think they had a lot to choose from um, on things that we we could improve on it and things that we've done better in past games. And, you know, we, we cut those and we watched a lot of them. Uh, we watched a lot of them yesterday and, and talked about as a team. And, and then today we, we went over clips where we were executing the way that we need to, um, the way that we've done in the past and the way that, you know, kind of our potential lends to. Um, and so, you know, we had that day of, Hey, we got, we got to figure out what we did wrong. We we have to watch it. We got to take it in. Um, and then today was a day, you know. Let's let's watch good clips, show you guys how you can play, um, and and gain a little more confidence in that.
2: All right, we're talking with our friend Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. You guys have hit a tough stretch here. You can't pretend that that's not the case. But looking ahead, you've now got a three-game homestand. You've got three home games between now and Saturday, starting tonight with the Red Wings, a team you're ahead of in the standings. How do you guys get this thing back on track?
8: It's it's so cliche and it's it's Bill Belichick, I guess, but it's it's day by day. Um, you know, we can't look past tonight at all. We need to play our best game tonight in order to get two points that are that are crucial in us in a playoff push right now. Um, you know, this is every day from now on will be the, the most important day of the season. Um, and that, and that's how we have to kind of show up to the rink and, and have that mindset.
2: After the game Saturday in Raleigh, um when when Oshie spoke to the media, he said, "We've got to we've got to play playoff style hockey the rest of the way." And I think you guys have 24 games left now. What is what does that mean? It because if a guy like Oshie's saying it, it means something. So what what entails playoff style hockey?
8: yeah we actually you know we, and we've we've talked about that as a team as well um you know inside the doors it's it's thinking that thinking and knowing that every play that you make on the ice could have a direct impact on how the game finishes so you you really you know the mindset of not taking a shift off not not going light on a play get, you know i guess is the best way to say it just playing out every single you know every single chance playing out everything that could possibly happen, um, you know, playing that full effort to the whistle and, in just the sense where, you know, it, if you take your foot off the gas for one second, that could be the difference between winning and losing. And so that playoff mindset is that it, you know, things happen quickly in the playoffs, but, you know, I think everyone's kind of on that, the edge of their seat now on their toes. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, because you know, it, it can happen so quickly whether you're you know, you win you win a game and win that round or you or you lose in your home and you're you're watching hockey from your couch. Um and in order for us, I think you know, I know says that it's in order for us to not watch hockey from our couch, we're gonna have to play with that mentality. Um we're gonna have to play as if our lives are on the line, which
2: they are. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting to yeah. be that that time of year, man. It's getting to crunch time. I I, I did want to talk a little about Friday, um, where we got to hang out a little bit as you were getting there for practice, and then after practice, the media is in the locker room, and and I got to meet um, Garnett's son, mm-hmm. who Brian is not quite two years old. I think you said, and yeah, a, he'll be he'll be two in May. Is it fair to call him a a ball of energy garnet
0: would that, would that be accurate
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh
8: Luke is uh he's hilarious I don't know that's how I see it um <laughs> he's you know he's not he's not quite he doesn't quite have talking down uh quite yet. we're getting some words here and there, and so most of his communication is just him. <sighs> you know, throwing his arms up in the air, or running around as fast as he can. And that's, uh but it, it, it's been awesome to see how his, his personality, his, you know, as he grows, anyone with kids and um, you can just, I'm getting a sense of, you know, every, every day he shows a little bit more. Um, he learns a little bit more. He's always, he's always taking stuff in. And, and that was so, it was so nice to be able to share that with him. Um, I'll be able to show him a lot of photos and, you know, I got to carry him around the ice, and then bring him in the locker room, meet the media, do an interview. You know, it's <laughs> it's something it, it's something I've I've always wanted to do. Um,
1: You're going be surprised, Garner. He's gonna he, he's gonna find out things that you don't know. He's finding out.
8: Oh man, I know. That's, he takes <laughs> he, he takes everything in. Yes. And it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting when he starts. You know, repeating everything. But until that comes, I it's yeah, it's been it's been really special. Um, and that and that Friday night was. You know, one that, you know, not just not just Luke, but but a lot of family who I who I had there and teammates and their families got to share. You know, the the NHL experience, that outdoor experience, with them too, and and they they've been such a big part of me um, and helping me get to where I am that it's something I'll
2: always remember. It it really was neat. And Friday, you didn't like the game wasn't until the next day, so Friday you just got to kind of enjoy it. Um, Garnet, I don't know if you're aware of this. I don't know what you studied in school in the Ivy Leagues because you're fancy. But um, for me, in journalism school, one of, the, one of the fundamental basics when you are conducting an interview is to never give up the microphone. You never let the person take the <laughs> microphone from you. Mm-hmm. And my guy, Luke Hathaway, within about six seconds was just yanking the microphone out of my that. hands. <laughs> so maybe he has a future as a journalist. Maybe that's his plan. So I think... I mean, he must have known, right? He knows
8: that's rule number one. And, and he's like, all right, we're, how good is J.P.? We're going to test this guy. I, we, I, He goes, I hear him on the radio all the time. And just how good of a journalist is he? Um, and, yeah, that's keeping on your toes. That's You know, I wish you would kind of fought back a little bit, showed a little bit of that mentality.
2: <laughs> one of the things that was so cool, so your son was there. Baxter met his son with – I mean, there were just a lot of kids out on the ice and then running around. Obviously, the game didn't go how you wanted it. But going forward, your wife was there. I mean, what is that moment for you six months from now when it's off season and you're thinking back about it?
8: I, you know, I think when you look at it from, from our perspective and, I mean, I'll never play, you know, even if I play another outdoor game, I'll never play in a game that was exactly like that. Um, and, and my first experience going out there with – that many fans a flyover um and okay. and knowing that my wife my you know my a lot of my family are are in the stands um it's you know i it stings losing it really does, but looking back on it and say six months, i'm not gonna forget the flyover um right. I'm not gonna forget what what you know warmups were like the bench was like even even just playing with the guys um on our team in a in a in a battle against a a really good hockey team. I'm I'm not going to forget that feeling. And, you know, luckily we, there's tons of photos um, from Friday night, from Saturday night. And that's one that we'll, you know, we'll be able to show our kids and, and just remember, you know, how much effort went into it um, and and how much we enjoyed it. And then, you know, if we have another chance to have an outdoor game sometime, we just, we win it um, because
2: you can't really go back and change it now. So,
1: yeah. We'll, I, we'll, we'll do our part, too. We'll make sure J.P.'s not there.
2: I uh, <laughs> Listen, I don't think I had much impact on that He's game. a bad look, charm, man. Him and Jeff, it. man. I've been in plenty of Caps wins. Um, Garnet, I, I did want to ask the arrival at the stadium on the school buses, and you guys had the dope Letterman jackets. <laughs> Whose idea was all that? And I'm not going to name names, but I have a video I need to send you it, it had to be one of the European players, but one of the dudes. So all the Cavs players get off the bus holding the football. One of them just promptly dropped the football. You could tell they weren't <laughs> used to that shaped ball. Whose idea was that? It was. It was really cool. It was really oh, no. neat. First off, I
8: need that video. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be that's gold. Uh, you know, it was it was a mix between, I you know we had, I think the you know our leadership group and um, you know pe- people within the Cavs organization had a lot of ideas. Um, and I think that's one that they, they, you know, they met in the middle on and, and it, and it worked perfectly. The school buses were a nice touch. The footballs were awesome. And then, you know, those, those jackets are, are something special. And that's what, you know, every guy will be able to keep that. And we got, we got our kids' names on the side. It was, oh, cool. it, it included everything that we, you know, would have wanted. Um, and yeah, to, to jump out like that feeling like, uh, you know, it was like the high school football team. Uh, <laughs> that was, and then, you know, with the football, as the fans, we, you know, we walked down it was almost like a red carpet situation where fans of both teams were there screaming and cheering. And, you know, we're dressed up like we're going to a football game. And, and it was, it was really funny. And it was, you know, it was with the whole team on that, on that school bus on the way there. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what it's about. Spending time with those guys. And then, um, and showing up like that, it just made it for a really cool experience to start the outdoor game.
1: I think that's something great the NHL does, though, those type of things.
2: When was the last time you were on a school bus? That was a while ago. Um,
1: I'm trying to think. Because
2: I, I, I was I curious I if you guys rode a school bus the whole time or if, like, just right before you got there, you got on a school bus.
8: That's actually funny because, I mean, we pat there – I mean you you know that the traffic topic. was there, awful. There it was. It was nuts and you know we we had a police escort for our for our buses but we don't usually ride in a school bus from the hotel games. <laughs> usually <laughs> right. you have a, a nice coach bus and you know we were joking on the on the bus then that you know we we rode it all the way from the the hotel to the to the stadium. We rode that school bus. And we couldn't help but laugh and think, you know what? People probably think we always ride a school bus. (laughs) We're like people. This is the first time people are really, you know, there's so many eyes on us We're, we did basically in order to get to where we got in the stadium, we did a full lap around the stadium. Yeah. And so every, everyone, you know, every tailgater saw the school bus and I'm sure they were, they were thinking the same thing we we thought they were, was that, well, this is just a usual, this might actually be a high school football team.
2: You know, I, Oh, it's the caps. No. no. <laughs> I uh I, I just sent you the video of one of your teammates dropping the football by the way. Oh god. I
8: I'll, I'll watch it later and it's going to uh, it'll make the rounds. I'll I guarantee that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's it's not for a professional athlete. It's not the most athletic <laughs> looking but oh, I'm going to show it to B while we've got while we've got you on the phone. All right, B, look at that real quick. Oh, I see it. <laughs> Garnet, we always appreciate it, man. Good luck tonight. Right, Garnet, kick Detroit ass, please. Thanks, guys. Thanks All, right, All right. That's our guy, Garnet Hathaway. Of course, Garnet is brought to us by Lindsey Volvo Cars of Alexandria, where their goal is your complete satisfaction. Be like, Garnet, score your next Volvo with the assist from Lindsey and the crease of Alexandria and Lindsey Volvo Cars.